Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everyone. Thank you for listening to Missing on the Crawl Space Media Network. If you like this show, you will love Crawl Space, which is also hosted by us. We launched Crawl Space in 2017, and we have a huge catalog of incredible and thought-provoking interviews. Check out our entire network of shows at crawlspace-media.com. On February 9th of 2004, 21-year-old UMass Amherst student Maura Murray disappeared in the White Mountains of New Hampshire in one of the most perplexing mysteries of our time. For years, we have covered Maura's case and the tireless online community that surrounds it in great detail. We have since expanded our mission with this series, raising awareness and shining a light on the stories of other missing persons. We now sit on the board of directors of the nonprofit organization Private Investigations for the Missing, which was founded by Bruce Maitland. Bruce's daughter, Brianna Maitland, went missing from Montgomery, Vermont on March 19th of 2004, just six weeks after and about 80 miles away from where Maura Murray vanished. Private Investigations for the Missing aims to assist with investigations for underserved families whose missing loved ones have been forgotten by the media or by law enforcement. Through our growing community, we hope to shed a light on these cold cases. Families and loved ones can reach out to us at investigationsforthemissing.org. This is Missing. Welcome back to Missing. I'm Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I am fantastic. If I was any better, Tim, I'd be you. <laughs> well, that's great to hear. And uh, in this episode, Lance, we speak with Goldia Colden. Goldia is Phoenix Colden's mother. And Phoenix Colden went missing in December of 2011 from Spanish Lake, Missouri. 
This is the second part of our interview with Goldia and the Wylands as well, the private investigators who are working on this case for private investigations for the missing. And because we had been talking with Goldia about Phoenix for going on the better part of an hour at this point, you can hear this rapport that's starting to develop between us and her and between Andy and Vanessa uh, and, and the group was starting to become this nucleus of, I guess, productive energy. That's sort of what I felt. Uh, I We were starting to really relate to Goldia and see her pain uh, from a very close vantage point. And I think that steered a lot of the remainder of the conversation. Yeah, I think you're right, Lance, and I want to remind everyone to uh, check out episode one, part one in this conversation if you haven't heard it yet. But also, uh, I spoke with Goldia not too long ago, a few days ago after part one aired, and uh, she was a little upset about some of the comments that she saw out there. And I just want to remind everyone to be respectful and know that family members do look at these videos and read these comments. And I think Goldia really wanted to get across that... um, the Goldia that we saw in this interview is not the Goldia that Phoenix knew when she grew up. This is uh, a Goldia who is looking for her daughter and doing a lot to try to find answers, might I say. Exactly, Tim. So if you do feel like commenting on any of the episodes, especially the ones here with Goldia, just do keep that in mind that this is a parent who has put up walls because she is very protective of her family and she's very protective of the search for her daughter. And she's had people come in and out of her life. And she said that before, that people have come in and out of the lives of, of the Coldens trying to help, claiming to help, and then they're gone. So she, one, is missing her daughter. She's trying to hold her family together. She's trying to hold herself together. And she's putting herself out there so that she can get some information about her daughter, hopefully some resolution and it's hard to break through that exterior on our end. And it's also hard for her to allow people to break through that exterior and reading comments like that, just build up that wall a little bit higher. If people truly do want some answers with Phoenix's case, encourage more because that's really important. And please share, please share this case. We are really trying to push this. We're going to do many episodes on this case. And, and the next episode we'll have next week is with the Wylands And so we'll talk a little bit about the disappearance and get deeper. Okay, everybody, thanks a lot for listening. And check out Private Investigations for the Missing site. That's investigationsforthemissing.org. And please follow their social pages. There are links in the show notes. And make sure to follow our new handle at MissingCSM. Thanks a lot. I want to go back to that area where the car was found. When was anything searched and what was searched in that area? Was, was, was there ever a search in the immediate area? There was a search. Um, we found out where the car was on Sunday, January 1st, 2012. Exactly two weeks after... 
Phoenix went missing. We went over there. Gosh, I wish Lawrence were here. We went over there either the next day or Tuesday. I'm not sure. We searched the area. You also handed out flyers, yes, Colia. Yes, I did. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing myself standing in traffic, stopping traffic. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I did. I stopped traffic there um, on that main street, and I handed out flyers because I was convinced. I told everybody who was there. My daughter is not out here in any in these weeds. She's not in that um, uh, that there was a house, a big there was a house, and it looked like it was an abandoned building. I don't know if it was, but I I did search for a while, and I I, I got I call it full. And, and I told them, I, I'm not doing this anymore. So I stopped traffic and handed out flyers. Yeah. And, and we uh, actually, uh, Lou, and I told Goldia about this yesterday, uh, Lou sent us an email uh, yesterday, I believe, with a couple of news, newspaper clippings from that time. Um, one of them was a, an article that featured somebody uh, tacking flyers to poles, to light poles and to street signs and whatnot. And then the other showed a um, um, University uh, St. Louis student helping Lawrence kind of dig and poke through uh, some grassy areas and some wooded areas. And that is where uh, Goldia became full and needed to um, to move on to another part of that, but that that is what uh, that is what you that you and Lawrence have shared with us about that day, just to help clarify for you to remind you a little bit. Right, that was another that was another search. The uh, St. Louis County Police and State Police also did a search um, after we did. Yes, after we did, they had the cadaver dogs and all that and helicopters and they found absolutely nothing. I believe that Phoenix was never there. I believe that car was put there by somebody. But if those cadaver dogs, if she had been there, those cadaver dogs would have gotten a scent. I talked with someone who has dogs like the ones that they used in our search. And I asked her how long after a person has been in a particular area, can those dogs pick up a scent? And she, she says, well, much longer than two weeks. And this was only two weeks. They didn't pick up any scent. Of, of At least these. that's what they were, we were told. Right, of Phoenix being in the area around the car? Okay, wow. I, I want to go back real quick and break down the series of events when you were notified. How long was it after 
the car was towed that you and Lawrence were contacted? Contacted by who? Oh, okay. You used two words, contacted and notified. Let's go to the word notified. Okay. We've never been notified. Notification, to me, anybody would say, well, notification, you were notified by the police or you were notified by some official uh, 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 person or department. We've never been notified. We found out, I guess you'd say by happenstance. So I'm going to have to back up a minute to explain how we found out. Shortly after Phoenix went missing, and uh, Mr. Wyland can probably help me remember the date, I sent out an email with pictures of Phoenix and a description of her car and her license plate, what she was wearing, all of that. I sent that out to my entire email list. And I said, I need your help. My daughter is missing. Okay, that was around the 23rd or 24th. I'm I'm not really sure. Keep that date in mind, okay? On the 1st of January, I received a telephone call from a family friend, and he said, what's this I hear about Phoenix being missing? If this is somebody's idea of a joke, I don't think it's funny. And I told, and those are almost his exact words. And I told him, this is no joke. Phoenix is missing. He says, well, what happened? And I told him very, very concisely what happened. And he says, well, was she in her car? I said, yeah, she was in her car. Well, give me her um, license plate number and description of the car. I gave him that. He says, well, let me see what I can find out. I said, oh, okay. And when I hung up, I'm, I'm like, what he can find out, what how? You know, it didn't, it, it bothered me. What can he find out? But I said, oh, okay, you know. Less than 15 minutes later, he calls back. And he gives me the entire detail of where Phoenix's car was found, what time the police uh, call came through, what time it was towed, where it was towed, who the officer was that was involved, all of that. And I'm listening to it and I'm my I'm I'm getting I'm my brain is not processing this. I said that can't be. That can't be. She she left home on December 18th. And you're telling me her car was found on December 18th at five, was it five thirty something? I said, that can't be. So 
I said, you need to talk to Lawrence. So I just threw the phone to Lawrence. I said, you talk to Lawrence. And I'm, I'm, I'm going like this. I, I can't think. I can't think. This, is, this doesn't make any sense. But he was right. Everything he told us was correct. From that day on, something was gnawing at me. I would get a headache. This part of my head, the vein would get would protrude. And I would tell Lawrence, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong with that call. And I think it was, I don't know how much later, months later, like like 3.13 a.m., I sit up in the bed. I said, I know what it is. Wake up. I know what it is. And Lawrence says, what, what, what's, what's going on? I said, I know what was wrong with that phone call. He called back too soon. He says, what are you talking about? I said, Lawrence, he called back too soon, less than 15 minutes with all that information and the St. Louis County police and the Illinois State Police and the so-called FBI couldn't find Phoenix's car. He called back too soon. What is that? What does that tell you? It yeah. tells me he already knew it, man. Yeah. He already knew everything. Remember, I sent out an email around the 24th, 25th, something like that, of uh, December. He was on my email list. He already had a description of the car. He already had the license plate number. He already had a description of what Phoenix had on. But he's going to call me on January 1st and ask me, What's this I hear about Phoenix being missing? If this is somebody's idea of a, of a joke, I don't think it's funny. And then ask for her license plate number and the make of her car. That story, that account that you just told us connects in my head in a certain way. I'm wondering what your, I mean, I, you, you have a strong opinion on, on this person and why they did this. What what is what is the motivation that you think was behind this person's actions? It goes back to what Mr. and Mrs. Weiling were talking about this the the speed with which that car was um, dispatched and towed, and some of my research since Phoenix has been missing shortly after her being missing. When a car is towed, have you ever had a car towed? More times than I'd like to admit. They keep they have to keep track of those cars, don't they? They do what they call a tow sheet. Guess what? There was no tow sheet done on Phoenix's car. Well, that's interesting. You'd think that with the urgency 
that the car was towed in the first place, there would be some importance with the tow sheet. Yeah. You would think so, wouldn't you? Right. Right. That's that's interesting. Let's dig a little deeper in that if you if you don't mind. What would be the reason why in your opinion they wouldn't have a record of the car being towed on on this particular tow sheet? There is a record, but there's no official tow sheet. Somebody kept a record. Somebody was keeping a record of all the cars that were towed. And when the uh, tow people pick up a car, they normally do a tow sheet. Now, I couldn't figure out why there was no tow sheet, but my husband told me, he says, oh, it's, it's so obvious, Goldia. I says, what do you mean? What he thinks was going on is they were somebody was keeping a record of the cars. The person who called me had a record of that car. He said he did. He told the St. Louis County Police that he did. But the East St. Louis Police Department and the tow yard did not have a tow sheet. I think, and Lawrence thinks, it's because they were going to keep that car. And after the end of, I think it's 30 days or whatever, if the car isn't claimed, they can sell it or they can part it out. And he, my husband, that's what he thinks was going to happen to that car until they found out that it belonged to Goldia Colden and Phoenix Colden was in the car or was driving the car. So what you're saying, basically, if I understand it correctly, they, they towed a car not knowing who the owner was and they kept it under, uh, you know, they, I don't want to say they kept it quiet, but they just kind of kept it under the radar because if, <laughs> if, if no one came to claim that car, they were going to try to, sell it or for they were going to try to make a profit off of it there you go you're so smart i know thank you (laughs) hey i I would (laughs) i would like to also say you seem very smart um that's that that is a theory and um yes we have to be careful about that too because that hasn't been a part of any uh goldie correct me if i'm wrong but we don't know that that has been something that the police have even entertained as an investigative lead. That's correct. Okay. And that is my theory. That is not, I'm, uh, that is my personal theory. And Lawrence, that's our personal theory. Yeah. That, and that's fine. Like you're very, you're more than entitled to have your uh, personal theory on it. We, we have our theories about a ton of stuff and, um, and we get in trouble all the time. <laughs> so, Well, I was told, I'll, I'll go a little step further. I was told by the owner of the tow yard that he was told not to complete a tow sheet on that car. Who told him that? A detective of the East St. Louis Police Department. And are they supposedly leading the investigation? 
And that detective later became the chief of police. Is the investigation still in their hands, technically, or is it... Uh... What investigation? <laughs> Good question. I am. Um, I guess is it is it run uh, out of Illinois or Missouri or it, right here? I guess. What What are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, I, is there is there a phone number on the miss on a missing persons uh, poster that goes to one of these departments? To the St. Louis County Police, which holds jurisdiction. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's what I was asking. Um, I'm curious about the uh, eyeglasses that you said were found in Phoenix's car. Is this uh, something that she needs with her? They're reading glasses. Reading glasses? Okay. Does she have contacts? No. What about her shoes? Were they also found in her car? Not the shoes she was wearing, but, you know, ladies sometimes have an extra pair or two of shoes in the car, and that... uh, there was an extra pair of shoes in the car. And those were not the shoes she was wearing when she left the house. No. Okay. And um, what about this video, this uh, selfie video that was taken by Phoenix a month before um, she went missing? What, what does that mean to you? Because um, when, I, when I saw that, it was um, quite kind of striking. It seemed like she was definitely uh, going through some some tough period. Um, What are those things that she said mean to you? In my opinion, Phoenix was upset. And you know, I, I have been upset like that before. And I bet you Vanessa Weiland has been upset like that before. When a young man kicks you to the curb, (laughs) so to speak. (laughs) I feel and very that's, attacked that. by that statement, Miss Goldia. Yeah. <laughs> In my day, it's called he quit me. That that's what we used to say. He quit me. <laughs> and the kids nowadays say you were kicked to the curb. Um, it's when a boyfriend, girlfriend relationship breaks up and the girl maybe didn't want it to to end at all or that soon or whatever. I think that's what Phoenix was experiencing. And um, that was, that, that that's normal. It's normal. So essentially this was a, a, a glimpse into Phoenix's diary. Sounds kind of personal. So you don't think there are any clues in, in uh, to what she was going through in that video? Well, I, I guess I guess I'm specifically asking about the police because she mentioned she mentioned cops at one point. I guess I'm just curious if you thought that she was, or if you thought what what you thought she was talking about. I don't know what she was talking about. I I really don't. I don't know what she was talking about other than 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 she was going through this this breakup um, with with some young man, uh, and that particular thing I. I don't know. I don't know what she was talking about, what she, I think Phoenix got um, involved with some people who, um, who, how do I say it nicely? I have a really hard time with beating around the bush, you know, um, 
<laughs> I see the look on Mr. Wyland's face. <laughs> it's all I'm good. Trying, it, Andy, it's... I'm trying really hard. <laughs> The, the the floor is yours. It's your it's your platform. I know, but when, yeah, I, when I say what I'm thinking, people are going to jump all over me. But you know what? I don't care. I think Phoenix got involved with with more people who look like her, rather than people who think like her and have the same values and beliefs. She got into the oh, they look like me, we're all the same, and blah, 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 so they have to be uh, okay, which is not correct. You judge people by their true character. You you look, and, and she's been taught to look at people and, and watch them and, and talk to them and see what their belief system is and, and to see what they how they think. And I've taught her to seek her friends at her level and above. Be nice to everyone. Be be human with everyone. But don't let everyone into your inner circle. I don't care what color they are. You don't let everybody into your inner circle. And when we moved to St. Louis, Phoenix was exposed to a different um, community. You use that word. (laughs) She was exposed to a different community than she had been used to in California, where she came from. And she probably thought, oh, they look just like me, so they're okay. Wrong. That does make a lot of sense. It's uh, something I think everybody goes through, right? Uh, when you're when you're young and you're establishing your relationships and you're trying to figure out the world, you're going to come across people who are one way and people who are another way and they're going to look the same, but the character is not the same. And that that's just the process of <laughs> identifying who you are. So it makes a ton of sense. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. And uh, Tim, I'd like to go back to you know you're asking those questions about that um, that selfie video. Uh, and uh, Goldie, I think you'll agree that I don't believe that that video is nearly as relevant to this as um, certain groups would like us to right. to think about. Because right. yes, sure, it sounds exciting because you can come up with so many different ideas, but they're all just fantasies mm-hmm. speculation. speculation yeah 
And it's just very speculative. So to put so much weight on that one video, I or not that you, Tim, were putting weight on that video. I just I understand that 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 comes up a lot um, in online discussions as well with these uh, cyber sleuths, right? Uh, comes up a lot in those discussions. Oh, that video, the video. I just don't know that that video is as important to this investigation as as some might think. It is not. I I agree totally with you. And Phoenix was not having a mental breakdown. You know, people want to, I don't understand so some some people. Why do so many people want to, to, to throw dirt, throw mud on you? You know, they want to, they look at that selfie video and they, oh, she was having an emotional breakdown. She was, she was on drugs. She was this, she was that. The girl was upset because her boyfriend quit her. You know, that's what it was, in my opinion. Other than that, those people who put that out there for the world to see should be ashamed of themselves. That was Phoenix's private, personal feelings about what was happening to her on that day. That was not for anybody else to see. They should be totally ashamed of themselves. And no, my daughter was not having a nervous breakdown. No, she was not um, suicidal. No, she was not. And Goldie, I think that, uh, excuse me, folks, I think that also brings up an opportunity for you, Goldie, to talk about those those last few hours with um, Phoenix that day that you spent with her going to church, going to um, going to the uh, Aldi, uh, putting the quarter in the in the machine to get the cart, and 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 maybe there was a, a you know she, she was frustrated that day with something too, and she shared some feelings with you. So, uh, guys, I would just ask that maybe we give Goldia an opportunity to talk about those that day with with Phoenix. Sure. Because I, that that to me that paints a more accurate picture than anyone's going to get from looking at that that private selfie video. Well, Phoenix and I went to church together. Uh, Lawrence did not go with us because of some issues at church. Um, she was driving her car because, and and again, we were relying on her for transportation because our vehicle had been in the shop for quite some time. She talked to somebody on the phone while we were on our way to church. I later found out who it was. We went early because she had to practice for the hand, in, in the handbell choir. They had their last practice right before the worship service. And I was going to deliver some Mary Kay product while she was at her practice. And she said, mom, don't go over there and talk, 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 talk. Just make your delivery, collect your money and come on back because I'm going to be playing in the handbell choir and I want you to be there. So I told her I would, and I did. I got back in, in time for that. After they played, I looked for Phoenix and the worship service started. I looked for Phoenix in the choir stand 
because I figured after she plays uh, in the handbell choir, she'll just join the singing choir and she wasn't there. So I looked on the other side of the sanctuary where she had been sitting for some time and she wasn't there. And I'm wondering where she is. And all of a sudden I had this feeling, you know, how you can feel somebody watching you. Well, I turned like this and looked over my left shoulder and there's Phoenix behind me. Not the, not the next pew, but two pews behind me. And she smiled. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I looked forward and I looked at the cross, which was right behind the pastor. And I said, thank you, Jesus. She's coming back. Because she had distanced herself from me. We used to sit side by side on the same pew. Then she kind of inched away. And then she was at on the pew behind me and the two, pew, two pews behind me. And then all of a sudden she's sitting on the total opposite side of the sanctuary. But that Sunday she was two pews behind me. After church, um, we normally go in the fellowship hall, have coffee. Um, and Phoenix said she wasn't going to join me. She asked me not to stay all day. So she said she would wait for me in the car. I went to the car afterwards. There was something on the seat. There was an envelope. There was an envelope on the seat. And I was getting ready to pick it up when she reached over and got it. She reached over and got the envelope. And I got in and she pulled this, um, there was a card, there was a card in the envelope, but she didn't pull the card out. She pulled out a little ornament. And she said, look what, um, look what Rick gave us. And it was a little, you know, one of those little manger Christ ornaments that you can hang on the tree. The uh, director choir director had given everybody a card and, and um, an ornament. I said, oh, that's nice. And she put it in the, put the, put it back in the envelope and put the envelope in the glove box. She sure did. She put that envelope in the glove box. And we went, we were on our way home and she says, um, mom, you know, I think we should try to get back to way, to the way we used to be. I says, what do you mean, Phoenix? She says, you know, just more like how we used to be. Uh, I said, well, what do, you, what do you think we should do? Well, why don't we read a book? And at the end of each chapter, you read the book, I read the book, and in the end of each chapter, we get together and we talk about what we thought about that particular chapter. I says, oh, okay. So what book would you like to read? And she says, oh, you're going to let me select a book? I says, of course, it's your idea. Oh, really? You're going to let me select the book? So I said, well, what book? She says, how about Pilgrim's Progress? Pilgrim's Progress? I said, Phoenix, I read that in high school. I required you to read that in high school. 
why do you want to read Pilgrim's Progress again? Well, I'm older now, mom, and I think we both see it from a different perspective. I said, you know, that's a good idea. So that, okay, we'll do that. Well, well, I'll go to the library. I said, you don't need to go to the library, Phoenix. We have at least, at least two copies of Pilgrim's Progress at home. So that was going to be our plan starting the next day. We stopped at Aldi's. She was pushing the car. Was she pushing the car? Anyway, I remember stopping to ask her if she wanted something, chicken. And she was over on the other side. She was on the phone. At least she looked as though she was on the phone. And she said, no, get some oranges. We checked out. There was a little tug about the who's gonna who's gonna put the cart back and get the quarter. I asked her to put the box in the car and I would put the cart back and she was tugging on the cart. No, I'll do this, I'll do it. And finally she went ahead and put the groceries in the car and she was driving really crazy on the way home. She was tailgating, driving fast, and I told her to stop driving like that. She seemed to be irritated about something all of a sudden. Everything was fine, but all of a sudden, and I think it had to do with that phone call, whoever she was talking to when we were in the store. When we got home, She slammed the, the lift gate on the car, on the, on the SUV, and one of the tomatoes or something went down the driveway. She picked it up. We went inside, and she was, the way she was acting, I told her as we were walking up the sidewalk, I said, you know, I'm going to tell your dad how you've been acting, Phoenix, in the last few minutes. Um, and we got inside, we put the groceries away and Lawrence came in and I told him, I said, Lawrence Phoenix has been acting kind of weird, uh, on the way home. And he talked to her for a minute and he said, I think you owe your mom an apology. And she said, mom, I'm sorry. I said, no problem. I said, give me a hug, and we hugged each other. And she went in her room, I believe. I went in my room, and I think later on she went downstairs because I, she was outside shooting hoops. And um, I looked out the window, and I could see her running around with a basketball, and I thought, my gosh, this girl is 23 years old, and she today she looks... She looked like she was about 14 or 15. She liked a little, a little girl. And that's the last I saw of her. Laura said that she came upstairs and she just went out to her car and uh, didn't say anything. And that bothered me uh, for quite a while that 
and I finally figured out what it was. He said that she didn't say anything and Phoenix has never left home without saying something. Without, uh, I'll be right back, I'll see you later. Uh, I'm going to the store, I'm going down the street, something. But he said she walked out of the house in a, like a determined fashion, like she was on a mission or something. And she must have sat in her vehicle in the driveway for a few minutes. And then he saw, said he saw her car back out of the driveway. The way you tell these stories, are, you, you paint such a, a, an amazing picture of the events and of Phoenix. Uh, I think it's so important for people to hear the detail and the time you put into this we we talk about people who are missing a lot. And one thing that we always want to emphasize as much as we can is that this is a human being with a family and, and moments like that, that it, it's so important. And I just wanted to thank you for it. All of a sudden going over this, this is the first time that I've talked about it. I could see Phoenix reaching over and putting, putting, that envelope, she put that envelope in the in the glove box. I, I I never remembered that detail. And Goldia, you had said at one point that an officer told you to go up and look in her room, in her bedroom. Then I believe the next day, when the officer came to the house, um, he had suggested you and Lawrence go look in. Uh, Phoenix's bedroom and um, just see you know, if anything was out of place. Uh, can can you recall that? Nothing was out of place. It was just kind of messy. <laughs> it was it was kind of messy. And, and the, um, the reason that sticks out in my mind is because when uh, Detective Vogel and uh, Detective Jensen came over to the house for the first time, I saw the look on their face when, when they came in her room because I had taken, I had straightened up her room and taken her um, linens off the bed and washed them and put fresh linens on the bed and everything was, you know, nice. And, and I saw them look at each other and I knew, I knew, I knew what they were thinking. And they said, is her room always this neat? I said, no, it's, it's not, and it wasn't. I I straightened her room up because it was a mess, um, and and I and they looked at the bed, and I said, I put clean linen on the bed so that when she comes home, the bed would be fresh. I knew what they were thinking. You know what police think. <laughs> yeah, the the intention the intention was one thing for you. In their head, it's something completely different. Yeah. That's okay. They were doing their job. Yeah. They're supposed to think, but okay. Okay. This, this is, think about that. Look at me. Look at my husband. Look how we live. Uh, get that thought of your mind, out of your mind and, and, and move on. Find my daughter. That's basically what I told him. I said, I just cleaned the room up because it was a mess. I put fresh linen on her bed. 
And so that when she comes home, she'll be comfortable. She won't have to clean up. I said, I said, don't, don't, I know what you're thinking. Get that thought out of your mind. Okay. Because it's a bunch of crap. Uh, and, and get on with the business of finding my daughter. I, I would love for you to come back on at some point again, or, and we are inviting you anytime you want to come back on if you're, uh, if you want to, um, this has been an amazing conversation. I can't remember the last time we've interviewed somebody and I felt something like something like what I'm feeling now. Um, so again, thank you for, for this. I, I just have one. Oh, look at that. Can you see it? Yeah. Yeah. Oops. Oops. This is Phoenix. My baby. And she was a, a she earned a, um, a medal or she was a, a junior champion of, at fencing. She's got lots of medals. <laughs> right. She's got See, lots that, of that, that, I, I, real quick, that fencing um, element is really important. I, I just want to stress that, like the mental discipline that that takes. This isn't somebody who suddenly becomes um, emotionally, uh, you know, has this emotional breakdown. Like that, that, if you've developed that, that mental capacity when you're fencing or doing anything like that competitively, you've already sort of become that strong mental person, like mentally strong person. Uh, no, very rarely do people just all of a sudden have a break, you know, a, a permanent break. It's he didn't have a break. Right. Right. Get over it. Exactly. You didn't have a break. <laughs> yeah. Well, Goldia, is there anything else you would like to, um, to touch on here in this, uh, in this interview? Phoenix did not run away. Okay. Phoenix at that time was 23 years old. She may have looked like a little girl, like a, you know, teenager that day. Teenagers run away. Little kids get angry with their parents and they run away. Phoenix did not run away. She did not walk away. What? What happened? What happened? I don't know. I don't know. There's so much more to this story. And there are things that we have never talked about publicly. So many people have come in and out of our lives with so much stuff. This is like, this is like a big puzzle. You know, those puzzles where you got all this blue sky, you got all these itty bitty pieces and you got to put the sky together. I hate those kind of puzzles. I hate them. (laughs) I'm not good at that. But I think we have most of the pieces, but I don't know how to put it together. There may be some pieces missing. I think there are, but I think we have most of the pieces, but I, I, I don't know. I, this is a, what do you call it? Andy, help me with the word. Vanessa, help me. This is a conundrum. Is that it? A conundrum. Conundrum. 
This is a conundrum. This is a this ooh. This ooh. <laughs> it gives me a headache. It makes me want to most days I want to scream. If somebody else if I tell somebody else about my daughter, when they ask about my daughter, where is she and blah, blah, blah. And they tell me about their, their daughter, their son who uh, got upset and, and ran away and was gone for a year or two. If somebody else tells me that, I think I'm wherever I am, I think I'm just going to scream. I think I'm just going to let it all out because I think that's what needs to happen. I have screamed around here. Um, but I have never have done it in public. I, I, I just, something deep, 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 deep down inside me says that Phoenix is not gone. And it has taken me a long, long time to say the word dead. But Phoenix, something tells me she's not dead. But where is she? What, what happened? What, what is this all about? I want to be able to tell my daughter how sorry I am. I really want to tell her that I am really, really sorry. I feel like this, a lot of this is my fault. I think, I think it is my fault. It, this is my fault. I made a very bad decision. We had a happy life in California. We were living very happily. And I thought she would be okay back uh, where Lawrence and I came from. But I had reservations. I had deep reservations because of the difference in the communities. You mentioned that word early on. I'm glad you did because we can close with that. It was, it's a different community. And you have to be careful about what community you put your family in. But we thought she would be okay. But you know what? She is okay. She's okay. God has kept Phoenix safe. He has, he has answered my prayer to keep my daughter safe. He's not let any harm come to her and she's not dead she's not When a person goes missing, their loved ones often find themselves overcome with worry and grief. Bruce Maitland started the 501c3 nonprofit organization, Private Investigations for the Missing, because he knows this feeling all too well. When Bruce's daughter, Brianna, disappeared in March 2004, he was surrounded by licensed private investigators dedicated to finding her. 
Now his mission is to provide dedicated private investigators at no cost to other families of the missing, desperate for answers but without the financial means. Private Investigations for the Missing needs your help. To read the mission statement, make a donation, and keep up with our blog, visit us at investigationsforthemissing.org and follow us at PI for the Missing on Twitter and Facebook and Investigations for the Missing on Instagram. Because forever is too long to wait. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.